0: Let's just get right into it. These are tough days for employees, companies, and HR leaders. Uh, We're staring down the face of a global pandemic, the likes of which uh, we really haven't seen, and we don't quite know how it's going to unfold. So I think the regularly programmed episodes uh, are a little uh, out of touch with the current reality that a lot of practitioners are facing right now. And so uh, I'm going to be tweaking the format of the podcast a little bit for the near term future to uh, focus on conversations with heads of people, chief people officers, CHROs who are really on the front lines of this from an HR perspective and learning a bit more about how they're leading their companies through this, um, what they're learning, how they're communicating uh, and really how they're preparing for the unknown, which is really hard to do. So um these conversations will be shorter briefer snackable uh we're not going to get into the traditional format of the kind of context and backstory on guests we're just going to jump right in to try to help listeners get a sense of what their peers are doing so i'll be right back with the first of these new episodes with the head of people for Nextdoor, brian power after a brief word from our sponsor 21st Century HR is a podcast exploring how to build better businesses through modern people practices and approaches, brought to you by my firm, Amplify. Amplify provides HR executive search and strategic consulting services that help companies build better organizations. From employer brand development and execution to global talent strategies, Amplify develops custom solutions that help clients from Hootsuite to SpaceX optimize their recruiting capabilities. Amplify also hosts a new community for HR leaders called the Ecosystem. The ecosystem was designed to bring modern HR leaders around the world together to share ideas, inspiration, and support. Learn more at amplifytalent.com. Hey everyone, welcome to 21st Century HR Podcast. I'm your host Lars Schmidt and I'm really excited to be joined today by the head of people for Nextdoor Brian Power. Um, Brian and I go back a couple years now and really grateful for him to be the first guest in this new kind of focal series on how companies are responding to coronavirus. So, um, Brian, if you don't mind, why don't you give the listeners a brief intro for you and we'll jump right in.
1: Thanks, Lars. And thanks for having me on your podcast this morning. So I lead the people team at Nextdoor. I've been there for about a year and a half. Uh, we are focused on uh, making the world a kinder place where everyone has a neighborhood they can rely on. Um, Prior to Nextdoor, I held similar roles at Yahoo and Square uh, and spent many years working at Google before that.
0: Great. So Brian, we have a a lot to cover and I I really want listeners to be able to get a lot of uh, tangible takeaways in terms of, um, you know, kind of how you're responding uh, and, and hopefully get some ideas from that. So let's just kind of jump right in the uh, obviously right now, and I should timestamp this we're recording this on March 17th. Um, so since the situation seems to be changing by the day, uh, that's where we are at the time of this recording. So um, walk me through just how Nextdoor's operations have been impacted by coronavirus. What's changed? Like what is, uh, what is your current state?
1: Yeah, so obviously a ton has changed just in the last few weeks as the coronavirus, which obviously started in Asia and then quickly grew globally. So Nextdoor operates in the United States and in several countries in the UK. And I, I think what I noticed was um, when the outbreak first started in Wuhan, it I caught my attention. I, I was watching what was going on and it was obviously terrifying, but I was just curious. It hadn't really hit us as a company yet. Uh, And then what I noticed was it's when when the when the virus started to uh, move through countries in Europe, uh, Italy, France, the UK, others, obviously, where we do have operations and employees, uh, we started to see a lot of traffic and attention on our platform. But I also just noticed like the intensity and urgency that was coming from our European operations had had really ticked up. Like I, I noticed that kind of right away. And then obviously soon after that, a few days later, when things really started to become crisis level in the U.S., uh, things started to pick up there. And given Nextdoor's platform, which is really just all built around neighbors helping neighbors, what we saw was just people all over the world on Nextdoor uh, just jumping in to try to help and, and learn and, and find out what's going on on the platform. So it, it, our business is definitely one that's been squarely in the center of what's what's been going on around the world. And uh, it's, it's definitely been a big spike in operations.
0: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. I think you've got a, a dual interesting vantage point from where you sit because you have um, obviously uh, operations in Europe. So, you know, hearing this from your kind of boots on the ground and team that you have there of what they're facing and obviously through that, getting an idea of what's coming, um, but also just the the power of Nextdoor, the platform, being able to track the conversations, um, you know, the mentions of coronavirus, the, you know, being able to kind of see that escalate there and begin to make its way here I think probably had you positioned you know pretty uniquely to kind of get a sense of just the sale and the scale and scope of what's to come
1: yes you know it's what's been new about this for me I think for a lot of people is it's this global event right this global pandemic that is really hitting everyone locally you know so people are finding out their family may be getting sick or they're worried about their family uh, they're worried about neighbors. Everyone obviously is most worried about the high risk category of the elderly or, or the people with compromised immune systems. could be someone who's pregnant. Um, and what nextdoor really lends itself to is how do I get in touch with the people around me? And so one thing that's just exploded and has actually been a beautiful thing to see in every neighborhood around the world is people who you know say are, are young and healthy offering up the, the you know offering up the chance to help other people who may be high risk. So we've seen so posts in Australia and France and Italy, in the UK, in the US that says, hey, if someone's afraid to go outside, I'm happy to go to the pharmacy to get medicine for you or something. And it just really speaks to the the kindness of of neighbors, right? People people willing to help their community. Uh, the next door, uh, we're lucky enough to be at the center of enabling.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the, and we're already starting to see this a little bit, it's just the the human spirit that shines uh in times like this and you know you've probably seen some of the videos on twitter from italy and spain of you know neighbors kind of going out on their balconies and singing uh you know and having yes. i saw a, cl- a clip in spain where you know one guy was a fitness trainer and he went on yes. his roof and was leading a fitness class right. and people it was just amazing to see people come together and obviously you know digitally uh you're going to be i it's going to be really interesting whenever we're on the other side of this to just look at some of the examples of um how people have come together in in the physical as much as they can although that's obviously restricted but then more so in the digital space um i I think there's going to be some beautiful stories on the other side of this uh, on that despite the you know the the hard circumstances in front of us
1: yeah those examples you mentioned i just think there's such an example that we all have this desire to connect socially uh within our community with the ones around us and and certainly i'm in the bay area we're here on the lockdown that started last night, um, and you already can feel like I, I miss seeing my coworkers. I miss even just walking around at the coffee shop, as we're all we're all hunkered down, and and that's like a globally that's a human emotion.
0: Yeah. So take me behind the scenes in last week, like how as this was beginning to unfold, particularly I think last week is when we saw just the sheer velocity of impact in the U.S. Uh, and changes. How were you kind of working with your Leadership team, your executive peers on determining how the company would respond.
1: Yes, yeah, so I, I really think um, two. <clears throat> excuse me, two weeks ago is in my mind when it um, when it started. Uh, we actually work in our current headquarters is in the Twitter building uh, in San Francisco, and so when Twitter announced that it was going to full work from home our employees really felt it because we were basically the only people in the, in, in a much larger building at that point. And certainly we were thinking like this, you know, the circumstances are changing so fast. Is this something that, that we should do? And while we're growing globally, what the, the leadership team needed to mobilize very quickly on, which, which we did, I think in a matter of just a couple of days, um, was if we were to flip the company to hundred percent virtual, how, how would we do it? Because while well, we, we've been on that transition, it, most of the company, uh, you know, 70, 75% works together in person in, in, in our San Francisco location. And while people, of course, work from home sometimes, people are just used to having that headquarters to get everything done in person and, and casually. And so we really went into this fire drill as a leadership team. You know, we worked all, all weekend really to figure out, okay, if we say work from home, how exactly are we going to keep working? versus flip the switch and then try to figure it out and so once we had that conversation we took one more day which was it seems so long it now out but it was monday of last week which was really our last day in the office and at the end of the day we announced in san francisco we were going to strongly encourage everyone to work from home and by tuesday tuesday night that had been moved to essentially mandatory work from home
0: right yeah i mean just to see the the pace of, of which that shifted i mean i think that it, a lot of people i mean it, and I think it's great that a lot of leaders were thinking about this, you know, in in at least a week before they kind of made, got to that hard decision point, right, where, you know, now you pretty much have to make this call. Um, Going forward, like how do you, what is your, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty around how this is going to unfold and the, um, you know, the severity and the length of the impact. Like how are you. Adjusting and evaluating and kind of monitoring uh, the situation a- as it unfolds with your leadership team to understand, um, you know, how that might you know cause you to, to shift anything in the business.
1: Well, there's two things. Number one, again, if I come back to Nextdoor's platform. Uh, one thing, one group of, of organizations that we're close partner with are all these public agencies. So we already do a lot of work with company, uh, organizations like the CDC, the World Health Organization, the Red Cross. So we're actually, I think, a step closer to tapped into how they're thinking about things. And we've certainly anchored all of our, um, all our decisions and in, in their guidelines. Um, what's tricky is like, we, we were already a company, I think that did a good job communicating, you know, communicating team level every day, company level every week. And we've just ratcheted up those communications efforts so much like 100X. And what, what was really challenging the last two weeks as someone who sends out global communications on what's going on is, you know, we work pretty fast we'll we'll pull together those communications in an hour or two to cover as much as we can, but the velocity with which the external circumstances were changing in the last two weeks meant before we could even get the communication out, like the whole picture would change again, Right. you know? And so that's why this increasing the cadence of when you align and when you communicate is so important because. I think in normal business operations, some, some people have questions, but most people are are heads down doing their thing. But in an environment like this, everybody has lots of questions on, on about their individual circumstances, about how we're thinking about what's going on in the outside world, about how we're thinking about these company uh, concerns that uh, you know the macro picture has totally changed. And so you've got to really have this uh, rhythm of how you're talking to people, um, have that increase quite a bit. And so... What, what, what we've learned is the, the structures that we already had in place, uh, we, we drove even further into. And so it's like, look, when we send out an email to the whole company, everybody knows like, does everybody read that email when they're busy um, in normal times? But today, it's really, really important to, to read those communications that are going out because it's, it's where a lot of those questions are coming from, yeah. are going to be answered.
0: What in, in terms of kind of supporting and enabling that communication, like what is your you know, essentially kind of remote work and or communication tech stack? What what tools are you using to, um, you know, kind of keep lines of communication open and, and fluid and keep collaboration uh, going?
1: Yeah, I mean, outside of our uh, engineering teams, which have tons of obvious uh, development tools, uh, I'd say primarily the experience is defined by using Slack and we use Google Hangouts. Yeah. And right right now we've been upgraded during this period to the enterprise Google version, I think you've just seen so many people trying to figure out to you Zoom or Google Hangouts. And we're, we're, we're trying to use video as much as possible. You know, I think a good work from home practice, which we're, we're trying to reinforce right now, is to, to default to the closest type of communication that you can. So do video if you can before you switch to a phone call. If you're on video, show your face um, and then drop down to Slack or email if those if things those things are failing.
0: Yeah. And do you have a, a regular cadence through which you're, you're communicating specifically around kind of coronavirus updates?
1: Yeah. Well, there's a, a couple of different angles. So for us, we have two dimensions. We have what's going on with our workplace, you know, what's going on with employees. Yep. And I'd say we're kind of like three updates a week right now. So every Monday we already were sending out a company level update, um, Just with things that are coming across all the teams and one of them obviously are things like people and facilities and it and and so there's already this monday update that people were used to getting what we're also settling in on is like a afternoon early evening thursday note so that our folks in australia get it before the weekend starts um, which really drives into what's been going on around the employee experience as it relates to the coronavirus and then again we have our friday morning all hands Uh, where we take questions and and talk through the stuff that went out. So it's three, it's three formal updates a week right now. And then that between that Tuesday and Wednesday, there's a lot of team related conversations that are happening with managers. And then uh, the second dimension is related to what, what are we doing on our platform? Because so much of the company has turned into how next door can, can really fight this, this dangerous virus. Um, And and that level, we are sending out daily updates with all the things that are happening because the, the alignment of various teams is just so critical for us to respond to this, this, uh, this threat.
0: Yeah. And do you, you know, you'd mentioned some of the conversations you've seen on next door around, you know, neighbors saying, Hey, I'm, I'm you know, young and single and healthy, and I can help. And I've actually seen some of those in my neighborhood as well. Um, so I, I'd imagine that's, that's happening at scale. Do any other um, examples of kind of how members are using the platform to help each other stand out to you?
1: Yeah, it's funny. It actually is um, one I've started to see in the last week or two um, mirrors something that's going on internally, which is parents all of a sudden are trying to figure out what to do with what I, you know, I have a three month old, like I, I think one of the the terrors of parenting is an unoccupied young child at home, <laughs> right. you know, and it's like, as all the, all the schools have been closed. People are trying to figure out what am I going to do all day? And so you're seeing a lot of neighbors reach out to each other, whether it's uh, what are you doing with your kids all day or. Do you want to try to get them on video to, to play with each other that way? So I think there's a lot of stuff bubbling up there on, on how to deal with this this challenge a lot of people are going through for the first time.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, well, I think all parents have a a much deeper appreciation and affinity for how difficult the job of a teacher is. So, yes. Um, you know, we have, uh, I have a, you know, our my daughters are five and three and they're both here with my wife and I. And, uh, you know, we... Yesterday we did get an exercise with them. We're like, well, schools have mascots, and so we're like, all right, well, this is gonna be your school for a little while. So, what would you like your? Uh, we let them vote on what they wanted their mascot to be, uh, and they chose the, yes. the rainbow unicorns. So, it's, yeah.
1: it's a good example, though. Of the uh, that's funny. It's a good example again of the cascading nature of this crisis, yeah. where you know, Friday of last week. I mean, it's Tuesday morning right now, right? Friday of last week, the big challenge people thought they were dealing with was the kids were gonna be home because um, the schools were closed. But by Monday, anyone who had uh, childcare, like a nanny or babysitters, now those of all largely are going away as people went into lockdown. So instead of just having your kids home, but maybe you had some help, now you have no help, um, and you're trying to figure this out today. You know, this isn't something that's coming a week or two from now. So it's it's really uh, an example of of how this has shifted the experience for people.
0: Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, like, how are you approaching that? Like, obviously, I imagine you have a lot of employees, um, who are working remotely and they have kids that are home. Um, you know, clearly the, the workload, the, um, productivity, there's just, you know, there's no chance that's going to end up getting maintained. Like, do you have, what kind of guidance are you giving your leaders around, um, you know, how they should be frankly, looking at work, looking at productivity, looking at deliverables, uh, all those things that, uh, are, are kind of in upside down land now.
1: Yeah, I think the the first thing I'd say is uh, it's a for us it was another example of something that we'd already been working on. How can we lean into that uh, as the circumstances changed? So, like many companies, we uh, have an ERG model, employee resource groups, and one of the groups that came together early last year was parents. Um, at Nextdoor, we call it the the Parenthood, right? The the neighborhood for parents. And I'd say, like, you know, I'd met with this group a couple times. It was pretty low volume, so maybe a few of them got together once a month just to talk about the experience of being a parent, you know, sharing some tips, um, a speaker once in a while, but but not a lot of, um, again, not a, not a really high level engagement. I think, like many parents, there people were really busy, so it was nice to have the connection, but there there was a lot to do. And starting last week, as the rumors of schools closures came around. What we did was we so questions coming from all over the company from parents who either participated in this ERG or did not. One of the first steps we took was to funnel everyone into this group. Because I'd say probably half of the parents were already there. But it allowed us to create to, to really maximize the conversation with all parents at once, which would have been much harder to organize if we'd started like a topic-related thread or, or Slack or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, what was great to see is once all the parents were, you know, in a virtual room together—a Slack channel or, or Google Docs—they just started scrambling with each other to figure out what we were going to do. And so, very quickly, we had pages and pages of ideas and resources on whether you have a three-year-old or a nine-year-old or a thirteen-year-old, how are you going to deal with those different circumstances? It was like kid-friendly movies. It was a calendar for how to organize your day. And so, a lot of the the the, the real challenge of what am I going to do with my kid? We, the parents were able to, to, to largely cover a lot of ground, helping each other, you know, to, to the other aspect of your question, which is what are we doing as a company? We're, we're still figuring it out. I mean, in this lockdown era, you've got this weird dynamic where it kind of, there's kind of not this, you know, work during the day and be home at night model. And you're kind of losing the week and weekend model. Like every day is the same. You're, you're all home. There's no soccer games. There's no sports on on the weekend. And so what we've seen is flexibility has become very important. So if a bunch of parents actually would rather have a meeting at 830 at night, you know, that's that's not the same stress as if they're at work during the day and then went home at night because they're just they're home anyway. So letting them move the work around to what works best for the groups has been the first jumping off point that we we think is really, uh, really important. And then what we've asked is, you know, the, the each individual circumstance is different. So we, we really want to empower our managers to figure out what what are the implications? You know, if, if someone has a baby and they need to all of a sudden take care of the baby all day, they're not going to be able to jump on VCs every hour and a half. You know, they're, they're going to be really out of pocket and they just need to deal with that um so we're we're still learning right i mean today is really the first day a lot of people have lost all of their uh, babysitters and, and nannies so are figuring out what that's going to look like um and you know i've I've benefited uh, from just talking to other companies on how they're thinking about thinking about doing this
0: yeah, and i think it's interesting one of the um you know, to your initial point around you know parents sharing um resources and templates i mean i've had this kind of interesting vantage point over the last couple of weeks where i've been trying to curate a lot of crowdsourced um, content and there's just, there's so much of it and it's so good and it's, and it's so helpful because I think that people are um, you know, whether it's, you know, how to kind of create a work from home schedule, a listing of you know free educational resources for kids, you know, listings of uh, you know, remote work tools and practices for companies that haven't practiced that. I mean, the list goes on and on And, and I'm curious for you, you know, what, what resources uh, do you recommend listeners kind of bookmark uh, in terms of like where they can keep tabs on just everything that is um, that is, that is changing around them and kind of unfolding so quickly.
1: There's, There's so many, it's, it's really hard. I think one thing that I learned with the parenting situation was that it was the right thing to do to connect parents in similar situations to talk to one another. You know, if you, if you just try to boil it down to parents, you lose a lot of the important aspects of different circumstances. So, so I mentioned like parent with a really young kid may need to just focus on like feeding and, and taking care of them. You know, a parent of a four or five year old might be really worried that not, not about like, can someone look after them, but they're no longer in a learning environment, right? Like they're not being taught. And then parents of like a 12 or 13 year old might want to make sure that they don't start bouncing off the wall. So want to be able to take them outside. It's just, there's all these different things. And you just try to say it's, it's parents uh, you start to lose the the actual challenges, and so as, as parents of similar age kids, kids started to find each other, you got these really rich solutions that you could then share more broadly with a bigger bigger group. Um, the online resources, I, I don't think I have any good ones, but but it's it's just growing so fast. I'm sure some of the uh, the best ones will will surface. Okay.
0: Well, last question for you, Brian. I mean, this is just a a general question. You know, you're you're an experienced people leader. You've um, you know, while none of us have really been through anything like this, you've, you've seen a lot, you've been through a lot. Um, what advice do you have for listeners out there who are kind of guiding their teams through this period of uncertainty who, you know, we we're all humans. They have concerns and questions about their own family, their teams, their employees, their companies. Um, when you, you know, what advice do you have for them to kind of keep them, um, you know, uh, focused and 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 helpful and uh and and you know able to to kind of manage this situation
1: so i think i think there's three things i I would share the first is um you've got to pay attention to what you already have even if it's not exactly the right fit versus get drawn into trying to start up a lot of new stuff this is like particularly important in any type of crisis situation and uh, the metaphor that, um, or the example, I think that I borrowed from was this, this story i read about during during the actual 9-11 crisis, as people were figuring out, how do we get this uh, very sudden tragic event? We need to get a lot of people away from the World Trade Center and towards the hospitals. And so they, they converted commuter ferries into basically waterborne ambulances. Um, and that was a way to move a lot of people to safety very quickly, because all the roads were obviously clogged in downtown Manhattan. So... The point is like it's not how you would design a waterborne ambulance, um, but because no one needed to use the ferry at that time, it was the best solution right in front of you. so, it's looking if you're if you're a people leader, it's looking at your current programs and how can you almost retrofit some of these programs uh, to solve the problem at hand. So, for example, for us right now, trying to figure out how to basically onboard the whole company into a new job working from home. We are pivoting our new hire onboarding programs because that's already a structure that's geared toward getting new information to, to new employees. It, it works pretty well. We have to work on some of the content, but the structure works. And then the second thing, which is really, um, you know, me just learning about a virtual company is you can't underestimate the need to solve for social connection. And if you talk to people who work from home all the time and love it, this is, this is what everyone says is the hardest thing is, we just have this need for human connection that's not just, you know, 10 video meetings in a row. Um, I have to give a shout out. We borrowed an amazing idea from Kira Alamano, who is the chief people officer at Udemy. Uh, we saw she was doing it at her company and we, we put it in place the next day Next Door, which is, um, you know, we, we have a building restriction and a company policy where you can't bring pets to work. And we were trying to think about how can we just bring some of the social connection for people who are just not used to being at home alone. And so we decided to host a puppy and kitten virtual pet happy hour. And it was amazing, right? Like there's nothing better than puppies and kittens to bring out laughter <laughs> and joy. Right. And so we have these amazing photos of this big Google Hangout with dozens of people who are able to just introduce their coworkers to their, you know, their furry friend at home. And, you know, it's, it's, it's silly, it is silly, right? It seems really silly, but the reality is everyone on that call for that half an hour during the day was laughing and smiling together. And that's, what's the hard thing to generate when you're just sitting in your living room or sitting in your home office, uh, just trying to get work done. Like it could really, really wear on you. Um, And then third thing, which is related to that is, you know, it's so uh, difficult to pay attention to the mental health aspect of this challenge. You know, people become so busy trying to figure out all these new problems um, with business conditions and their business being turned upside down. It's like you don't have time to think about how the stress level has gone up, but it absolutely needs to be a priority. And so as a people leader, thinking through, like, how am I going to deal with this increase in stress systemically? uh, is just so important because as we get more stressed. You know first of all like you will become more likely to get sick which right now is irresponsible right like this is our number one challenge around the world right now is battling it back against this virus and so having a plan to deal with that stress i think is really really important we at next door we really lean into our partner at a company called modern health um and they have really ramped up their programming whether it's daily webinars with how to deal with social isolation Um, and and other examples that other companies have been using uh, to to just give tools and programs to employees. And I think in the example where, again, in normal business conditions, people may be like, you know, I'm I'm fine. I don't really need to check that stuff out. But all of a sudden right now people's stress level has gone through the roof. And so it's a good time to be able to put those resources back in front of them.
0: Yeah. Well, that's great advice. And I appreciate uh, both, you know, this advice and just all the, all the wisdom that you've shared and the experience you've shared. I think it's really helpful for listeners to just get a feel for, how their peers are responding and things that they should be thinking about, and um, and and just again having that sense of of connectedness with uh, with their peers. So I appreciate you sharing uh, what you've been working on, and appreciate you making time for this, especially right now. And I know your calendar is crazy, so uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to uh, to talk more about this over the coming uh, weeks and months. But uh, but best of luck in the meantime, and appreciate all you're doing.
1: Thanks, Lars. The last thing I would say um, was you know the spreadsheet that you put together. Was transformative to so many of the people leaders in the space, right? And it was a great example of it wasn't perfect, it wasn't fully thought out, but it was a place for us to just jump in and connect with each other and learn what was going on in the universe. So another great example. People should check it out if they haven't had the chance to do so. Although I'm sure, I'm sure your listeners have seen it.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It was, uh, it was, you know, just great to see so many people come together to to share what they were working on and what they were building in docs that, you know, traditionally would be siloed and, and walled off. And this is, you know, the more we can shine a light on the specifics of how companies are responding, the better position we're all in to learn from that and make our own plans, you know, based on kind of peer knowledge and collective intellect rather than kind of working in isolation. So um, yeah, I, I think we'll see more of that. And I think it's going to be a great thing for the space that we do.
1: I appreciate it, Lars. Thanks again for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of 21st Century HR. If you want to hear more episodes like this or read stories from the 21st Century HR Fast Company series, go to 21stCenturyHR.com. And if you want to make your podcast just a little more awesome, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or whatever podcast platform your ears desire. You'll find all the subscribe links on the website. And if you enjoy the podcast, do me a favor and share it with your peers, your network, your boss, and your CEO. Help me get the podcast into the ears of anyone who wants to know what HR and recruiting looks like when done really well. They'll thank you for it. And so will I. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next episode.